0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Toyota Brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in Southwest Mississippi four years in a row. Come see the difference. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at Toyota Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver.
0: Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions
2: and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. My goodness. You know, there's a lot of lichen in an old oak tree, but we can talk about all of that this morning. (laughs) There's more lichen in my back garden now than there has ever been, but it's all on the ground thanks to the branches yeah nothing like some of you have faced but quite frankly those particular trees needed a little pruning i'm just glad they didn't go through the roof so for those of you that it did and i've got the pictures to prove that i've got friends in that very situation the good news is it gets better and every step that you take every branch that you cut every bit of stuff that you rake away it gets better and yes, this is weekend gardening. Compost all of it. All right? Let's talk about it. Come on in and let's see what's going on today. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven is the Super Talk call line. The ceasefire text line is always open to you and is already bubbling up today. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. You know, one of the things that always happens in a week like this. Is that one of my cats disappears, and sure enough, the oldest one has decided that he's had enough. We don't know where he went, but he's no, he is not coming in to eat this morning. For those of you who think, well, so what? What so what? He's a seventeen-year-old cat. Okay, but he's my seventeen-year-old cat. He's my responsibility. I got to worry about that. But on the other hand, is a lot older than most cats ever get. So he's he's doing okay. He's pretty sharp. And I have to just count on that. My name's Nellie Neal. I am known as the Garden Mama. It is because everybody's garden needs a little bit of mama. It is always a tremendous pleasure to be here and something that I never ever take for granted. Because guess what? Not everybody gets a microphone. I wouldn't have one this particular day if it were not for Lance, who is on the other side of the glass. Turning everything on, making everything work. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that.
3: It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood when everything's working. You're right. When you get on live. Radio, you're, you're right. It's it
2: better happy. than when it's not. Well, yes, right. well, and you we, did it right there in the nick of time. Well, as it were.
3: with all of the the weather and you know, wonderful lightning storms, you never know when you come into a place that uses as much power as we do.
2: I drove under fallen electric lines, hanging electric lines on my way in. The street wasn't closed. I didn't know. I got to got near here and every street lights out every light is out in all the buildings all of the businesses and whatnot and i went hmm wonder how we're doing but got right here that light was working and it was went and pumped gas just to be sure yes that's all working (laughs) so we made it and we're glad that y'all could join us today because it's been quite a week and we have a little bit more to go yet we will talk about that you want to talk about what to do and what not to do want to talk about what happened and what might might or might not happen Sometimes this show is all about forensic horticulture. That is to say, what happened to my plant and when, where is it going now? These are always good questions. I have to tell you, sometimes y'all, the texts that hang over from the previous day are absolutely mouth-watering. That was really good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That doesn't sound bad. i tell you what. Good morning. Glad to hear from the 662 today. Well, and then, you know, you and I both locked up through the uh,
3: the production window when we heard Guns N' Roses yes. on the coast. And so <laughs> I was scrambling to do a little quick research because I was at the Jackson Mississippi show were you in 1987 oh my goodness uh, when they opened for um i think it was i'll have to look i can't even remember cuz my, my that threw me off you're kind of well I yes i'm i'm like guns I'm and roses it. at
2: 8 o'clock in the morning is not our <laughs> usual but we're happy to hear it but you know that's delightful the, yeah
3: i was looking at the set list and i mean those guys i remember hearing them and i'd never heard of them and then you know they opened and we were there for the headline act uh, which i think but what you remember Mo- I is I guns and Miley roses Crew. and there's yeah. a reason for that <laughs> i think mötley crüe was opening ah, out well, and, and so once you heard these guys you're like who who's going you know, <laughs> to what what is this and so i went and bought everything that you possibly could get the record the t-shirt everything and i have i have that record you know, somewhere, the well, appetite for destruction. When, uh, now,
2: all we need are some tickets to the coast. Man, <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I don't know if it'd be exactly the same, but hey, you know.
2: Probably not. Probably not. But they're not in wheelchairs yet, so not I yet. think it's okay.
3: Axel, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he overcame his uh, his hair issues, I think, and got some, uh, some new hair. New hair. He's good to go now.
2: <laughs> so for those of you who go to Biloxi, we we insist on photographs, all please, right? Yes, we please, yes, want We want to know all about this. I love when we have things from the Coast Coliseum and and other venues around the state, things at Delta State, things in Tupelo, because it's always so much fun. I won't get there, but I love to hear about it, particularly when I know some of y'all will. Trey is, uh, as usual, weighing in from Grenada. How's everything, and yeah we have to we have to agree with you. we are composting just about everything at my house this week because we had a few interest the piles are larger than they were. let's put it that way, and uh, yes we we appreciate that Trey, very very much i have uh been have have successfully harvested the first of the shishito peppers and eaten them and for those of you who subscribe to All Things Garden Mama, you will notice that I have added, included a gluten-free recipe. I always do that to tell you that I cook for people that are gluten-free. I am not always gluten-free by any means, and, and that's not it's not my particular thing. But I do enjoy experimenting with stuff. So if you go to make a roux and you're going to use – I'm telling you this because I have done it right and I've done it wrong. If you're going to make a roux and you're using a gluten-free flour – All right. For those of you who don't know what that is, just listen. You'll enjoy the conversation and the vision of me at my stove trying to get this roux to work. It's different, but it's not impossible. I have found that two tablespoons of olive oil and one tablespoon of butter makes a better mix than anything else with the gluten-free flour. It also takes a a slightly larger amount of the flour. So in other words, I'm using three tablespoons of the oils, but I'm going to use three heaping tablespoons of the gluten-free flour. And then you have to whisk like your life depends upon it because this stuff will turn to glue, and you don't want it to do that. You want to go quickly. If you need to, this is where we... thank all of our friends who introduced us to tempura. You can drop in a few drops of soda water, (laughs) and it'll lighten it up considerably. (laughs) So then when you go to thin it out, of course, it takes more of whatever you're thinning it out with, broth or milk or something like that, because you have put in more flour. It was delicious. The shishitos were delicious. They were in there with the beans and the blistered cherry tomatoes, and I have to tell you, it was something else. I was really pleased with all of that. Shishito is another one of those peppers that is unusual. It's It's not one... It, when you see it in the store, for example, a few times that you do, in this part of the world, it'll be the thinnest slice of the pepper rack. You know, they'll have the poblanos and they'll have even more habaneros than I want. But then when we get over to the really tasty shishitos, there's just, just a few there. So that's another good reason to grow yourself some. Why not? You ought to. You really ought to. I have been... Uh, really pleased this week before in between everything else i have been digging things up it's a little muddy now but prior to that earlier this week i was able to dig up some of the ajuga that is in the back and it's a little crowded to move it to somewhere else that i needed a little more of it and it reminded me that i had not talked about or written about ajuga in too long ajuga is one of those plants that it depends on who tells you about it whether or not you like it it is oftentimes known as carpet bugle weed. It's also known as carpet weed. It's also known as bugle flower. So, a lot of people have grown it over the years, but when we associate that word weed with a plant, usually it's not a favorable comparison, okay? So, I prefer to say carpet flower or bugle flower, any of that. The reason for that is because this is going to be a rosette of plants that lays on the ground keeps things from eroding away, absolutely prevents weeds from coming up because the mat is so thick once it gets growing, but then it blooms and it surprises you in late spring. The, the flower spikes, the, the thing is flat on the ground, maybe, depending on what variety it is, it may be a little bit in motion, has a, a few puffy leaves, but mostly it's a flat rosette. The flower stems, maybe four inches tall, maybe a little taller, but the flowers themselves are like glass. There, it's a whole bunch of tiny little blue flowers on these things, sometimes white, but the blue ones are the ones I like. And it's a really, really sweet effect. Now when it gets too crowded, they don't bloom and they kind of grow up on each other and it's, you know, it's not as attractive as it was. So that's a, a good reason to lift some out and share with the rest of your, either in my case, another piece of the shady bed. There is one called Burgundy Glow that is if you see this one in a container at the garden center you'll have a hard time passing it up it has really interesting pink and green and white leaves and it it doesn't look like that variegated sage that we all think about getting you know when we see it at the garden center but it has those same colors in it and it's it's a really nice thing in the shade it's always nice to have light colors in the shade because frankly it does uh it does give you that that advantage yes you're absolutely right um Jimmy and Madison is browning the flour. I do that a little bit. Um, I tend to, I don't keep a jar of brown flour. I'm not I'm not that that grandma. But <laughs> we, all, we all know her. I don't keep grease in a can on the stove either, but anyway, but yes, I will brown the flour a little bit before I start the whole business just because I like the taste, the nuttiness that it gives to it. Thank you, Jimmy, for reminding me. I appreciate that. One of the things that you may or may not have seen, Because, you know, let's face it, we've all been kind of busy this week. Lots and lots of things are blooming, really, just in time for Father's Day, if you think about it. I don't know that I would be bringing lilies to my dad, but he'd probably like them if I did. There's so many day lilies right now and so many other things that are just absolutely beautiful right now. I want you to be sure that you enjoy them. And if you are where the weather is going to dive in again, is to say anywhere... Cut some flowers. Take them to a friend if you don't want them in your house or if, like me, you have a kitten that will destroy everything that you bring <laughs> indoors at the moment. <laughs> take the neighbor some. You'll be glad. The, the neighbor will be particularly glad, and you'll look like a genius. Bill in Poplarville says, uh, we have four ghost pepper plants, and the fruit on one plant is very pale green. Otherwise, the plant seems healthy. Is it just a need of fertilizer? It might be. I would. I would actually give it probably... If it hasn't been two weeks with the the peppers on the plant yet, I would give it another little bit of time, a couple of weeks, maybe even three, to uh, go ahead and and ripen. But if they're not ripening and they're also pale green, yeah, give it a little fertilizer, just not a whole lot. Um, It doesn't take a whole lot, as a matter of fact, in the case of peppers. I'm... The the Tabasco pepper that got skewered this morning, certainly I will be giving it a little bit of fertilizer. But the shishito sitting right next to it is covered up in blooms, so I won't fertilize it. But I will give a little bit to that Tabasco to help it recover from its shock. When I say a little bit, um, half half of whatever's recommended on the label of the product that you use, half a dose, that's enough. Oh, well, that's a good question. <laughs> not every see not everybody likes a Juka. <laughs> How do I get rid of the ajuga? (laughs) Well, frankly, if you dig it up and put it in a flat and grow it on for a little while or grow it in a shallow pot for a little while, you'll be able to trade it to somebody or sell it. Otherwise, dig it up and compost it. It's not going to be persistent in the way that a lot of other things are. It's a shallow-rooted plant, and once it's out of the soil, you know, it'll it'll last for a little while, but it's it's not going to be troublesome. If you chop it up and compost it, you won't see it again, I don't think. But I would rather see you pot it up and give it to somebody else that doesn't know they need it. (laughs) There are a lot of plants like that, you know, that take up a good space. Spiderwort is one. Cashmere bouquet is another. And you will hear people saying, don't ever plant those. They're invasive. No, they're not. They're aggressive. They're very vigorous. But you can control them. Invasive is like Chinese tallow tree. I don't care what you do for it; it's going to come up again, and it's going to be a problem when it does. Because frankly, they choke out native environments. They're you know, we, we all understand those problems. And if you don't call me, and I'll go over, it. but I don't want to preach too much. Don't want to, don't want to over preach. Anyway, the other thing you should know about ajuga, by the way, is that if you have a solid green leaf and you put it into like maybe morning sun, it might turn purple, and that's kind of neat too. They don't all have a change to them, but some of them do. That's nice. I was, (laughs) oh, my goodness, I had to laugh this week. I have been um, kind of obsessed with brains this week for some reason or another. And, of course, then, like everything else, if you start thinking about something, you immediately see it everywhere. Go and look here, look at that, look at this. And I was thinking about the qualities of some of the stuff that we understand in our brains is a little bit more obvious than others. But then they do some research, and you find out other stuff. All right? For example, the Netherlands Institute for Neuroscience is working on this, and I think it's wonderful. We all are aware of dopamine. The neurotransmitter dopamine is something that, frankly, people who don't have enough of it have a very hard time keeping themselves on a stable pa- stable plane of existence. One school of thought says that the dopamine provides a learning signal. In other words, it'll clue you to something, and that's why it makes you feel better, because you're learning something. The other is that it's actually a motivator. So whatever it is you're learning, you're going to do it better because of the dopamine reaction. Whatever you think about this, I think it applies to plants and horticulture therapy as much as anything else in the whole world. Whether you are growing plants because you actually want to, you know, you think it's cool, you want to learn something, you, you think it's fascinating every time they put on a flower, kind of like me, you know, the truly plant nerd person. That's one thing. But the other is that it might be that you're just motivated to grow food and feed yourself or grow flowers and make some money or grow a shade tree because it's hot. You know, you may it, it may be either one of those things. And I'm just glad to know that the same part of our brain relates to both of those things. I'm happy to know that because I think that learning something and the motivation to learn something are deeply connected, at least in my head, and it turns out maybe in yours too, some other folks. Sarah's in Winona. Well, let's see. Sarah, I think that you're looking at a Daylily that is probably the the good old-fashioned, what they call, um, well, it's Kwanzaa, but it's what they call... Day lily from the the ditch lilies and um, I'll look up the other name of it so that I can tell you but it, that's a beautiful thing I love that orange it usually has that very sharp stem and very tall flower but the clump is not too tall and that the, um, the Louisiana you, you the ditch lily the one you were talking about is so pretty
3: yellow it grows in ditches like mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. And, and, and it just goes downstream yep it, I think and,
2: that might be this okay. I can't really I can't get the picture big enough to see but I'll try to crawl into the computer. (laughs) They don't like me to do that when I'm on camera. It's not really good looking, (laughs) but I'll try it a little bit more. Ah, coming up this morning. You know, I was talking to our friend, the artist, John Meeks, John Meek this week. Can't speak this morning. And everything he was telling me about made me think that life really is a blues song. And this is one. It's one of my very, very favorites. I hope you enjoy it. This is Weekend Gardening. Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? Because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we do want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road.
6: Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283.
7: At Progressive, we
0: know how much you love your recreational vehicles. So we decided to record this commercial in an RV. With a family
1: on vacation.
3: Mom, who are these people? Oh, that's Flo and Jamie. They're recording a commercial,
0: sweetie. Don't they do that in the studio? Oh, uh, Normally. Enough. But we wanted to feature a family who bundled their home and RV and saved with Progressive.
5: Um, yeah, it looks like you're all out of chips.
8: Okay, I think we'll just drop you off at the
5: next gas station. Bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive.
9: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
8: Hey, guys. This is Keenan Thompson. I have a problem with you. Yes, you. None of y'all told me that Auto Trader has millions of new and used cars that I can shop from home. I thought we were friends. I put smiles on your face, but I'm not smiling. No one told me that with Auto Trader, a dealer can deliver cars to my home or that I could shop by price on Auto Trader. No one. Consider this friendship that you just learned we had officially over. Finally, it's easy. Auto
4: with the current market and economic volatility and all the chaos in Washington, if you're feeling anxious about your investments, tune into Super Talk Jackson 97.3 on Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at MyElementWealth.com.
9: Come and listen in to the radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of end the spring, get in touch with God. touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on listen to the music in the air turn your radio on turn your radio on the we we share the lights down low and listen to the master's, master's
2: radio Get in touch with god you know god. we try not to take ourselves too seriously around here but indeed if you didn't turn on the radio we wouldn't be here so we greatly appreciate that i know it's the stream and it's the tv and it's the all the other stuff but we we all started with a pair of cans on our head one of these days, I'm going to get the fancy ones, so you don't have to see those. But then, how would I style my hair? So
3: you know. <laughs> uh, oh, brother, where art thou? Every time. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> You're Talking to the can. That's it. We mass communicating. That's Every time it, exactly. I hear that song, it just throws me back to like driving through the Delta or you know, Hill Country, Mississippi. That's exactly little, what it's
2: supposed to do. You see the little mm-hmm. radio station mm-hmm. up on the
3: hill with the tower. Yep. That's what that makes me yep. think.
2: This is uh, we try to be old timey here. We try to be right up to the date, and also a little bit on the old-fashioned side because frankly um, radio is is best listened to with your ears and 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 very few of your other senses you know you you can be doing whatever else you want to be doing long as your ears are here it's all good with us (laughs) ray is sending out his peppers to uh, show off appreciate that love 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 it i'm thinking that's just some of the best looking that i've seen recently so i have nothing to say except thank you and delicious, yeah, yeah it they, looks they look great. great.
3: And I lo- thank you
2: for putting the hand in there. It always it always helps. Got to have this. a little bit of perspective, that's for sure. Um, and that's, I think I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm seeing that one stuffed, you know, with all sorts yeah, of good things. Stuffed on the grill, with a little <laughs> bacon, <laughs> exactly, around it. all of that. <laughs> And let's see who else is here. Kathy's asking, "What's a good pepper to grow that is not too hot, but a little more kick than banana pepper?" Shishito. That's why I. That's why I like it so much. Now I will tell you that it, that banana peppers are, tend to be on the sweet side. If you get the Hungarian wax yellow banana pepper, it's different from the sweet banana pepper, and it is a little bit sharper. So if you like that that yellow quality, which is a delightful taste, and you want it a little harsh, a little sharper, um, get Hungarian wax pepper. Excuse me. You'll usually find it in the same place that you find the bananas, but the shishito is really the one that I have settled on because it's easy to grow, it bears a lot, and it has that. It has a kick without. There's one in every ten is a hot pepper on that plant, and no, you don't always know, <laughs> but you can tell pretty quickly. So, it, people that are concerned about it can just cut off the tip of it and, and touch it. You'll know. You'll be able to tell if that particular one is hot. But they have a really nice spice. That's the I love a cayenne too. They're a
3: little hotter, but man, yes. I love them. Man.
2: Well, see, I have to I have to stay below my cayenne level because my whole world revolves around cayenne. In fact, someone said of me this week, you know, it's really hard to eat some of her food. She's from Louisiana. <laughs> and His doctor knew exactly what he was talking about, <laughs> so I can't say anything about that. Let's see. Oh my goodness. There's there's a there's a whole I don't I'm not really sure about John you're you're on a good one this morning thank you I will respond later we can't put everything out on the air <clears throat> anyway fun stuff I have always wanted to know more than I know the curiosity instinct is something that I can't I'm glad that I got it you can't buy it you can't even sell it but you can certainly enjoy the fact that you have friends who are curious and that you yourself are curious enough to want to hear all of this stuff i got pages we could do like six hours today there's been so much green world garden related news and also this brain topic that i'm so interested in but i i don't even some days some days it's hard to even know where to begin with your reading and then something grabs you and the next thing you know, it's like you're you're walking down that whole aisle in the library or you're in the Internet, you know, going, nobody you can't hear anything anybody's saying to you because you're reading too much. I had no idea that the ant kingdom, you know, and I spend a lot of time with ants, but I had no idea that the way that ants make individual decisions goes directly to their collective well-being and in particular their hygiene and their, you know, health, that they're not going to all get sick and die in the colony. Well, that sounds pretty smart. Maybe I should pay more attention to this. The Institute of Science and Technology in Austria says that we have learned that these social ants – now, there are a few that are solitary ants, but not that many. Most ant colonies are are social situations. They do collectively take care of one another in terms of disease defense – but how does that one ant know what to do? See, this is again where we're saying we, we would know. No, we wouldn't, not unless somebody told us. One of the other ants told him. You know that's true. But a multi multidisciplinary team got into this and started looking to see. And what they have what they figured out is that it turns out we were watching the ants when we built our hospitals. I have told the tale about watching the bees come out of the side of a house that I lived in at one time. And the wall buzzed while they were there, and then when the the beekeepers came and took the boards off on the outside of the house, they were able to get them, with very little effort, actually on their part, to march into the new hive. Once they got the queen there, they all lined up in the most precise military formations you will ever see in your life to let all of the bees get into that hive and that's really the same sort of thing that the ants are doing in this case they're making things better for the whole colony by acting together acting collectively the hospital of course um we don't really understand how hospitals work necessarily those of us who are on the outside of them but apparently the mechanisms within the ant colony are just as complicated as far as the rules and figuring out which ant does what The experimental biologists there got together with theoretical physicists and mathematicians and really did a good job to use garden ants and fungus germs to understand what the ants take and how they understand it and which ones take care of whom. And it's really a team effort. So fascinating. So interesting. um, Well, Ken, I don't know. That's a good question, Ken, but I don't know. Any rate, the the other thing that you have to understand is that much like humans tend to go to the people with the most difficult problems to figure out what to do, the ants do too, and they do some of the same things that we do in our hospitals. They isolate the sickest creatures and they actually confer with one another before they go into that area so it's pretty it 's incredible. I had no idea that we knew so much about ants, nor that we knew so much about the way they took take care of one another with relationship to how we do. But it is pretty interesting. Let's see. Giant red Italian sweet red peppers. Ooh, that looks nice. He's t- we're talking about the, um, he's talking about his curves. Is that what, we'll, we'll get with Ray in a minute. We'll find out what that's all about. I am. Um,
3: <laughs> and that is that is Ray that sent us mm-hmm. that beautiful pick. Mm-hmm. And he was curious what the brown spots would be on that huge Italian sweet red That would pepper. be normal. <laughs> be normal?
2: Well, because it's been so wet. OK, we've had um, what happens is that at some point in the process, probably while they were still on the plant somewhere and it, it it, it's in this in this case in his yard. But it could have been in a field someplace, too. We'll have a little bit of spotting and then they will have treated the plant with a fungicide before they shipped it. And in this particular case, I don't it's it's so minimal that I don't think you've got a problem. If you feel like the plant is staying too wet and it is in a nice looks like a good clay container so it shouldn't be just move it underneath the the either the eave or the garage or something overnight um while it's when it's when it's raining so hard at night and then put it back out in the sun you'll have a little bit less of that eff, that effect a little mulch in the top of the pot also helps with that because it keeps things from washing up out of the container if that's what they were going to do i also need to remind you that when we have um when we have peppers or when we have tomatoes and they have one blemished area, they're still edible. <laughs> so just cut around it. <clears throat> don't be so – I don't even know what the word is. Perfectionist? Picky. Picky? Picky <laughs> might be the right word. Hey, I've, I've – I'd eat these peppers right now. Oh, I, I mean, they're, they're lovely. <laughs> yeah, I, I've
3: been – You know, my, my bananas, the sweet banana peppers have been producing well uh, the oh, last good. few days – uh, the wind and the rain yeah. knocked a couple little bitty ones off. I had a, a tomato that fell off from the, you know, it was a golf ball sized beauty, and mm. it broke my heart, you know. Um, and then the, uh, I still haven't gotten any jalapenos going, but man, that plant's really taken off. Mm-hmm. It's just not producing. The hot
2: it. weather really will help with that. And, and then, then this the cayenne go into it. You know? The, I'm
3: pepper. Yeah. I'm doing great with the peppers right now. Do
2: you grow the long cayenne or the little short? It's about pe- an inch,
3: inch and a okay. half. Okay. There's
2: yeah. another one that's about four inches long that'll hurt you. <laughs> it's some. it's sold under different names, but sometimes it's sold as Big John's Cayenne or different, different names. I don't even know whose seed strain it is. But that's the only one that I've ever not been able to eat. And I'm a, a Cayenne girl from my whole life, so I like them. Um, I will say, though, take one small bite if you've not done this before. <laughs> We're not trying to hurt you. <laughs> and banana peppers to me are better than bell peppers, but... They, I don't even find them spicy. I like them. What, what is the pepper of uh,
3: that, that is used in sriracha it, that is, you know, I, I've seen different versions of sriracha, but um, I didn't know the, what they The
2: guy was. in Southern California that has the plant, mm-hmm. they they grow, there's two or three different kinds of chili peppers, and one of them is actually named the sriracha pepper. But it's not the only one that's in sriracha. Well, and I got It's lucky.
3: generally speaking red chilies. Okay. Well, I got lucky a few months ago and found a. Um, Texas Pete's. Oh, Texas the Pete, Sriracha. but Sriracha one. Oh, that's the best version ever. <laughs> and I know where I got it. I'm going to have to take a little bit of a road trip to get there because I have blown through that stuff. I have
2: seen that. Um, I have a friend who sends Texas Pete around because he's he likes those, the label as well as the products. Not tasted that one yet. I think there's a Habanero Texas Pete, too. Well, the so sriracha Texas
3: Pete is legitimate. People take, I've been putting it on my salads, and it is great, especially mixed with a little something like a ranch or a, a, a
2: creamy Italian. Lighten it up a yeah, little lighten, bit. But it's Just delicious. Yeah. Well, you know, people have to leave the area where they make the sriracha in Southern California. They, they literally have to leave because it, the, when they're, when they, the cooking process is completely vented and completely safe, but the whole area reeks of peppers for weeks at a time. Not from the plant necessarily, but just from the whole thing, you know, people taking them home and stuff. Get a
3: lot of gazumtas in there. Gazumtas. Uh, I would be sneezing. I love pepper, but it does have a tendency to – I've noticed lately sitting around and working with my peppers, and when I –
2: yeah, I'll wipe my face oh, after Oh, don't do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, i get a few sneezes <laughs> in. It's great. One um, of my, my When I went to horticulture school – uh, a friend of mine said, well, come over here. They've got a job. I said, okay. I went to see about the job. And the job was to look through a magnifying lens with tools in your hand and dissect hot peppers to get, collect the seeds because the research was testing the numbers of seeds that the peppers would make. And there were signs all over the place that said, wear gloves. Do not touch yourself. You know, don't let your eyes get here, any of this stuff. And still – Everybody that ever worked there at one point or another had the blinding experience of capsaicin in, in their eye or their ear or somewhere. It was just blast you, you know, well, fiery. I, I've used. We were talking before the show about making, you know, uh, oil. Oh yeah. Out of you know, and I made that. <laughs> y'all hold end. on now. We are not endorsing yeah, this. Yeah, this we're just saying this is what he does. We're not endorsing this, y'all. On the no other way. hand, if we put a label on it and sell it, we'll let you know. Oh, it
3: was great, <laughs> but uh, you know, and it was it's so hot it'll light you up good. But it reminds me of a pitcher in Major League Baseball, Kurt Schilling. used to take icy high and lather himself up head to toe so he was madder than a hornet when he went out to
2: pitch. (laughs) And that would work. And he was amazing. He was great. But that was a wonderful story about him. There there are – Jim Bouton is responsible for a lot of stories that we can't tell on the radio. But that one and the guy who ate chicken through the entire – didn't eat anything but chicken through the whole season and won. It's like, how do you do that? Well, he just did. That's – it's not even you know. Not baseball. even unusual. I was going to say not even unusual not in baseball. Even baseball. We can't tell you all the, the stories. The Tigers are
3: on today. They got to take yeah. down the
2: volunteers. Hopefully, crossing my fingers. It'll be um, it, it it will it will be a big deal. There'll be a whole bunch of people in the uh, texting and zooming and FaceTiming world. You know, because <laughs> we're not there. We're all here. I had no idea, y'all. Can you imagine what this would be like? Um, i I'm, I was not around when things like kangaroos were evolving let's put it that let's just be clear about that but uh, the Australian Journal of paleontology is letting us know that in fact they didn't all hop and on their way to hopping come on now this is a six foot tall thing that actually did quadrupedal bounding in other words there was not the little short legs yet they were still longer and they literally leaped like frogs, only they were huge. I wouldn't have wanted to see that coming across the road, I have to tell you. The fossil records revealed that they were extremely strange compared to today. But when you get bigger, hopping is actually difficult. And so some of the later ones really worked on, as they began to evolve, they ended up with a a middle-sized creature. The biggest ones apparently could not keep up. Because they couldn't keep hopping, my goodness! Aren't creatures amazing? That's Good. like uh, you know, that's like Muhammad Ali versus George Foreman. See exactly how you, there's there's no chance. And for those of you who are George Foreman fans, I like his grill too. Stick around. This is weekend gardening.
0: We would be so happy you are me.
9: No one there to tell us what to do.
1: Under the
8: sea, in and out of this is God.
4: We are advocacy, a century of wins. Protecting private property rights, advancing technology, sustaining our land, conserving our natural resources, all to pass on to the next generation. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Greatness
0: doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, focus, and dedication. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that because we put in the hard work and dedication for decades. And that commitment has paid off with award-winning customer service for your auto, home, and life insurance.
7: Jamie Creel, Shelter Insurance. Come see why we're more than just an agent. Proudly serving the Jackson Metro area and the great state of Mississippi. Give us a call at 601-992-6000. Hey Pearl, Mississippi, it's Big Pop inviting you to Mississippi's biggest and best gun shows. Big Pop Gun Shows will be at the Clyde Muse Center June 17th and 18th in Pearl, Mississippi. Saturday hours 9 to 5, Sunday hours 10 to 5. Adult admission $8, kids 6 to 11, only $2. Buying, selling, trading gun appraisals over 250 tables of merchandise to see. Grab your dollar off coupon now at bigpopgunshows.com. All federal, state, and local laws must apply. Y'all come let's have a great weekend at the gun show. Bring Dad to the gun show this weekend. Happy Father's Day, y'all.
1: Builders,
5: Heart failure, carpal tunnel syndrome, shortness of breath, stomach issues, lower back pain. How does it all add up? If you have heart failure and any of those seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, it's time to talk with your cardiologist and get the full picture. They may add up to transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy. ATTRCM is a rare and underdiagnosed disease. Recognize the signs and discuss them with your doctor soon. Learn more at connectwithyourheart.com. That's connectwithyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer.
10: Everybody seems okay. I give you a bold evening. Take all worry out of your mind. Pick my love,
11: open the door. Pick my love, open the door. Pick my love, open the door. To your heart. To your
2: heart. Thank you so much for being part of Weekend Gardening today. I have I I don't I try not to have this I try not to have catchphrases too much. My my children at one point said that if there were a couple of things if I said them again they were just going to quit listening to me, and I think they probably already had by that time. However, it's important to rethink things and to look at them in slightly different ways as well. So the question is here this morning. What can you do? I'm going to say I don't know who this. I did. I don't believe we knew who this one was. Uh, no, in, in, but I'm going to say, you know, somebody who's flying. That's really beautiful. Looks <laughs> like a great way to get out into the world. But anyway, um, we'll just we'll just say it's Jane. Hello, Jane. Jane says, "What can you do to keep squirrels from taking tomatoes?" And I was going to say. A BB gun or, uh, there's all sorts of things that I was going to say, but because I need to rethink these things, I'm going to tell you what I actually believe. And that is that the squirrels are hungry too. The people who say that the squirrels are there anyway, so they feed them on the other side of the property, you know, go ahead and give them some corn or whatever it is the squirrels would actually rather have. I don't have any problem with that. I'm just too cheap to do it. Won't be, not, I'm not going to be that nice to them. But I will tell you that some of that stuff, you know, the snakes and the the blow-up owls and all of those things don't work nearly as well as a whole bunch of wind chimes on the tomato cages because then every time the wind moves, moves them, they make noise and the squirrels don't like that. If they're not moving enough, you put a sprinkler underneath it that's actually one that throws water in the air, that will move them and make noise too. It's hard to keep squirrels away from tomatoes. The most irritating thing about them, of course, is that they take one bite and throw the tomato on the ground. They do not go home and enjoy it. (laughs) If they did, I might be a little bit more charitable. But. Well,
3: you know, and I, I'm big on talking to animals, you know, trying to get that kind of crocodile Dundee, you know, mind over matter. And I, I'll just tell them, you know, I'm going to make squirrel dumplings out of you <laughs> if you
2: keep eating my tomatoes. It's the threatening. Yeah, yes, and, you know, yeah I little, think they listen a little bit. A little threatening. Well, some do. I, I will say that, that the year that I could not have my cats in the yard, which is another long story, um, the, the 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 squirrels won. and. After I got the cats back out into the yard is when they discovered the crabapple tree and began climbing up in it and throwing them at me. So I think I won that one. Still had a few scars from the uh, crabapples. But it's really important, I think, that you do establish whether it's threatening them or whether it is feeding them on the other side of the yard or whatever else you might want to do to them. Because they will, they are marauders. We, we solve the problem, for example, they'll dig up every tulip bulb that you plant. They won't eat them, they'll just destroy them. So if you, we know that when you plant your tulip bulbs, if you will put a little bit of fencing in the ground on top of the bulbs underneath the soil, they, they'll dig and get distracted and they won't keep digging. So, but, but you can't do that so much to tomatoes, but I have found that the noise and the mirrors and the wind chimes and all that sort of stuff can help. I still lost a few tomatoes that year and, um, Still angry about it, but that's, you know, I'll get over it, I think. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jalapenos, the discussion of which ones. are. Uh, well, that's true, that taking the seeds out of jalapenos tr- completely um, just leaves the taste. And there are, I realize this is a strange thing to say, but there are jalapenos that have been bred to not be as spicy even with their seeds in them. I take this as something where they did a whole bunch of research and they looked around and realized that they didn't have a hot pepper, that they had tons, either they were trying to get the jalapenos to ship or to have a thicker skin or a thinner skin or something, some quality they were breeding for, and they discovered that what they had was some that were not as hot. So they began marketing that seed because it's not as hot. For those of us who like hot food, mm, not so much, but you can still take the seeds out, and any any pepper will be a lot cooler, a lot less um biting as we will say if you do that okay all right um and and yes ken's ken's agreeing with you about the squirrels that's a good one jalapenos the the, yes now now the big jim pepper that's a good one i know about big jim big jim is another one that's a a cayenne relative but it's a cayenne and a chili i believe that somebody found and it's it's a good one but they're they will also get like Five or six inches long and and be dangerous <laughs> in their heat levels to some people, no not so much to me. Good conversation about peppers today. You can certainly join us triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five is the text line where all this action is heating up. I really wish I could do voices and then I could just read the text in in whatever voice I think that person has. I don't do that very well. I have enough trouble with my own voice, but you can pretend like that was John talking about jalapenos. Oh, the big tip, we are now getting into, we're half, we're not halfway through. We are now almost to summer, y'all. I realize that that's hard to imagine. And yes, temperatures are going to be a little bit cooler next week. We're going to have a little bit less rain next week for a minute. I don't know how long. Those are all good things. But, if you have been mowing your yard and mowing your yard and mowing your yard, and of course you have because, it let's face it, you can stand there and watch it rain and watch the grass grow at the same time. This is the point where you have to raise your mower one notch, m- m- raise that whole the deck up one notch so the blade is not cutting as low as it was. The reason that we do that is for two reasons. First of all, that blade of grass now, if you've been cutting since late March, let's say, has been cut every week in the exact same place. On its body, (laughs) you know, it's little grass grew up and you cut it off and it grew up and you cut it off. Well, after several weeks, and in this case, it has been several weeks, a couple of months, we're looking at a a grass blade that's not as healthy as it was. So if you'll raise the mower height just one notch, then you're cutting at a higher point. You're also allowing the grass to get a little bit longer in the hot weather so that it can transpire a little bit more efficiently and therefore hopefully grow a little bit better. But those are those are the things that you really do need to understand everything all the time. We we talk about, for instance, keeping a Bermuda lawn between a quarter and a half an inch tops. You know, if you're if you're doing a manicured lawn, I'm more in the favor of the inch department. But I've read I've read a lot of things and seen a lot of things. I understand people mow them shorter. You still need to raise it up at this point a little bit. Otherwise, you 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 can. Give yourself more problems because you'll slow the grass down if you just keep ha- hacking on it and hacking on it, okay? Um, <laughs> you think this next one, this next question might be for, a good one for Buddy? <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't have squirrels in my attic. I have cats in my attic, too, <laughs> so I'm not a really good one on that. <laughs> you have to close up everything so they can't get in, and that that does take more. I'm being perfectly serious about this. I have an old house. And if an opening can open, it will open. And if it can open, the squirrels will get in. So, yeah, it takes inspecting it and keeping it all closed up. And and also, quite frankly, some other creature like a dog that run, you know, you might have a little feist dog that likes to run around in the attic or cats that like to run around in the attic. That will actually dissuade them. The squirrels are looking for somewhere to nest and rest. And if, if your animals are there regularly, they're not going to do that. Now, somebody else will have a better idea, and they'll send it in, and we'll talk about it coming up in the next hour. We'll have, we'll have lots more, I'm sure, about squirrels and attics. Oh, we always do. Isn't that the truth? I have another piece of information for you. My cannons probably look as bad as yours in some cases, and I'm going to tell you what. I have cut them down. I have dusted everything with a little bit of... In this particular case, I was using a biological worm control, but you may have some other thing you want to use. Let them come back. Don't give up. Cut those cannons. Let them come on. They'll be blooming again in a month. Okay? All right. There's another something else you can do today that doesn't involve getting in the mud too much. That's good. Oh my. We've already thrown ourselves through a quick hour. Thank you very much for your phone calls and your texts. Come on, let's have some more. This is Weekend Gardening.
4: Welcome to Doghouse Living. Our guest is Bob and his wife, Jenny, who started this craze. Well, you know, while digging, I hit a gas line and blew up our house. Well, Bob, I am just blown away. No pun intended, of course.
2: Why wouldn't you just call 811?
4: So, the takeaway, folks to stay out of the doghouse, call 811 before you dig. Let's make our
7: goal zero damages, zero injuries.
0: I'm David
3: Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new XMark zero turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why XMark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. Besides the sizes starting at 42 inches and zero percent financing available. We have an XMark zero turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993.
0: Your home for Ole Miss Sports. WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your Tree Professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. I'm
8: Caleb Sailors and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. A 27-year-old man is dead after suffering from wounds from what officials call a homemade explosive device. Around 5.30 p.m. Thursday, deputies with the George County Sheriff's Office reported to a home on Nichols Lane in the Bexley community. Upon arrival, officers found a man dead in his yard with significant wounds from the device. Further investigation of the area led to the discovery of paraphernalia associated with the making of a homemade explosive device. The case is currently under investigation by multiple agencies. Those with information are encouraged to contact the George County Sheriff's Office. And for the third month in a row, Mississippi's unemployment rate has reached an all-time low. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that the state's unemployment rate for the month of May is 3.2%, which is half a point lower than the national average of 3.7%. Nebraska, South Dakota, and New Hampshire led the nation with 1.9% of residents jobless.
4: We are agriculture, the number one industry in Mississippi.
8: We are 180,000
4: member families strong, a century of generations. We are grassroots Mississippi in all 82 counties. We are unified, the largest general farm organization in Mississippi. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org.
10: Super Talk welcomes Guns N' Roses to the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi on September 20th. And guess what? We got your chance to go for free. free, free. Win tickets to the concert, a luxurious hotel stay at Beau Rivage Resort and Casino, plus a stretch limo to get you to and from the show in style. It's Guns N' Roses live. live. Complete details on how you can win. Coming soon from Supertalk Mississippi Media. Greenville Mayor Eric Simmons is thrilled with the economic progress in his community.
1: In 2022, we had the largest number of businesses opening in Greenville in Greenville history. The Chick-fil-A, the Jacks, the Goodwill, yeah. a veterans clinic uh, that we want to thank uh, our federal partners, uh, Congressman Thompson, Senator Cindy hatch and Congress uh, Senator uh, Roger Wicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done over four hundred million dollars in local, state and federal investments. The courthouse now. Uh, we want to thank our federal partners for that and our good friend for his legacy project, uh, Senator Thacker. Cochran. Mm -hmm. uh, The the stilts are in the ground. (laughs) And that's going to be a $60 million uh, new federal courthouse, which is going to be an anchor to what we're seeing downtown. Uh, There is not a building for sale downtown. Stay up to date with all the latest Mississippi news by signing up for our free newsletter at supertalk.fm.
7: With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. The College World Series is underway in Omaha, Nebraska. Five of the top eight national seeds made it to Omaha. Wake Forest, the overall number one seed. Florida Gators, are the number two seed. LSU is the number five seed. Virginia at number seven. And Sanford at number eight. In the bracket two games that get underway today, the Wake Forest, even Deacons, 52 and 10, take on Stanford, who's 44 and 18. That game will get underway at 1 o'clock. The LSU Tigers, who are 48 and 15, take on the Tennessee Volunteers, who are 43 and 20. That game will get underway at 6 o'clock. LSU took 2 of 3 from Tennessee in the regular season in the SEC. And the Florida Gators got underway yesterday. There's the other SEC team in Omaha 3 made it to Omaha out of the 10 that made it to postseason play. TCU and Oral Roberts and the Virginia Cavaliers were the games that were played yesterday. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. We
4: are agriculture, the number one industry in Mississippi. We are 180,000-member families strong, a century of generations. We are grassroots Mississippi in all 82 counties. We are Unified, the largest general farm organization in Mississippi. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting.
6: Become a member today at msfb.org.
7: The American Baseball Coaches Association Rawlings NCAA Division I All-Region South team has been announced, making the first team from Old West, shortstop Jacob Gonzalez and outfielder Kemp Alderman from the Rebels. Destinated hitter Hunter Hines from Mississippi State, pitcher Tanner Hall and relief pitcher Justin Storm from the Southern Miss Golden Eagles made the first team. ABCA Rawlings Division One All Region South Team. Making the second team, catcher Calvin Harris from Ole Miss, shortstop Dustin Dickerson from Southern Miss, outfielder Colton Ledbetter from Mississippi State, and designated here Slade Books from Southern Miss made the ABCA Rawlings Division One All Region Second Team. I'm Dick Williams and this is Supertalk Sports, Mississippi.
0: The empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and
2: call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into weekend gardening. Phew. If you're just tuning in, we've been busy. We've discussed squirrels. We've discussed trees. Lots of things going on out here, identifying some plants, talking about some problems. A little forensic horticulture here and there a whole lot of enthusiasm, and we hope a a slightly therapeutic benefit to all of this. Because guess what? Who else is going to be green but us? And that's why we're here. Now, what's going on in your world today? Hmm. I bet you something in there has to do with some salt. Whether you're one of those people that can put salt. Let's start at the beginning. If you're a person who salts their food before they taste it, we need to have a conversation. How do you know that it even needs salt? Now, granted, okay, your mother's been cooking rice your whole life. She never has put salt in it. She's never going to. All right, that's an exception. But how did we get salt? How did we get to the point where people actually traded lumps of salt or the the, the salt that they had managed to get out of the sea or any of those other early, early sources became some of the most valuable stuff on earth? Well, partly because, of course, it will preserve meat for a period of time. That's a good improvement. But also because it it tastes good, and you do have to have a certain amount to keep all of your brain cells working and whatnot. But it's not a real exciting – it's not like studying kryptonite, you know, or something like that. So the University of Arizona decided, well, we've got to make it that exciting. We're going to figure this out. They started studying asteroids a long time ago. But recently – They found salt in one. Now, is that how we got it to Earth? Is that where it came from? The crystals can only have formed, of course, because it's salt, only can have formed in the presence of water. That means there must have been somewhere that the asteroid had access to water. Well, wait a minute. That goes against our whole idea of rocks flying through space, right? Hmm. Interestingly enough, the most water deprived type of asteroid is where this came from these these tend to be the ones that are mineral rich that has nothing to do with much water at all so a large population of the asteroids may be not as dry as we previously thought if this one that we knew was really dry actually had water in it had salt and if it has salt it had ultimately had to come from water how do we get there and how does all this happen i love 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 this they're nice square crystals. They said it's just like as if you put table salt underneath an electron microscope and looked at it, which is very pretty, by the way. And they had a lot of funny conversations because as scientists, they didn't expect to be so excited by salt, first of all, but certainly they didn't expect it to be so perfect. I love this. The rock, you know, We've got some 12-year-olds that already know this. But the rest of us have to understand that one of the kinds of extraterrestrial rock is chondrite. And derived from these S-type asteroids, this kind of rock makes up about 80% of the meteorites collected on Earth. Hardly any have ever had any water-bearing minerals even associated with them. This is huge. I'm so happy that they've done this work and that they're going to continue to look at it because we do need to understand where things have come from, particularly if we want to consider other places to live, so to speak, other different kinds of planets. They've just found one recently with some of this crazy long-term, and it's not the James Webb, but another set of telescopes. They now believe this entire planet is covered in volcanoes. Well, wouldn't that be cool to study? Maybe we could figure out when ours are going to erupt. <laughs> It'd be interesting. There's a lot of work to be done out there. The latest one is Campi Flegre, which is in southern Italy. I've never been to southern Italy, but apparently it's about to erupt again. So that's something it that would be handy to know, I suppose. Andy's in Jackson just joining us today. And, um, yes, the power is still down in a lot of places. Uh, I'm, I'm sad to say that. We're not off the grid. We don't all have generators. You think we're going to start? You think we're going to figure it out? I mean, let's face it, y'all. When electricity came along, it was a wonderful, amazing thing to be able to get it into our houses. Okay, there's a whole lot of us now. Maybe we need to figure out a way to be a little bit more independent in, on days like this. And I'm 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 working towards that myself. I, I have there's a lot of conversations about whole house generators and all that, and that's very very important. I just would like to not lose my refrigerator. <laughs> so, I have a slightly. I don't know. Run the fan, you know. <laughs> no doubt about that. Trey is picking beans. You know, Trey. This is this is just one row. This is a bucket full of beans. <laughs> Thank you, Trey, for making me even 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 more missing you. I miss you anyway. <laughs> now you're picking beans. Got to got to get more. Got to figure that out. Oh my goodness. I did not know this, and I I doubt that very many of us did, um, before just a few years ago. There are pests that are a problem for our plants, and there are pests that are eh, not such a big problem. We used to worry about aphids and crepe myrtles. I I know I said right here myself, if you walk into someone's garden and you stand under the crepe myrtle tree and you feel a mist falling on your head even though it's not actually raining outside you know that that tree is infested with crepe myrtle aphids, and they are sucking the tree dry at the very top. Well, that last statement was a little hyperbolic. Here's why. They're not nearly as dangerous as the crepe myrtle bark scale that we have all experienced in the last few years, which turns the trunks black and creates these feathery, cottony, horrible masses of insects that are protected from every kind of insecticide that you might ever try to put on them. That's a problem. And... Is also a whole different attitude because when we talked about not controlling the aphids in crepe myrtles, people thought I was nuts. But now that we're using much more serious approaches towards systemic insecticides to control the crepe myrtle bark scale, I still don't think you should do that unless it's a very important landmark tree, okay? There are varieties that don't get this stuff as much. But... We've almost quit talking about the crepe myrtle aphids themselves. So I was under someone's crepe myrtle tree the other day. Sure enough, it was, in fact, shall we say, misting on me. Now, you understand that what that is. The aphids are up there sucking the life out of the tree or trying to. And what they cannot digest, they excrete. And when they excrete it, we call it honeydew because it's a sugar strata that falls on the leaves. The sooty mold's floating around in the air. It falls on there and grows black, and you have black crepe myrtle leaves. Okay, Turns out that if you put everything in perspective, the crepe myrtle bark scale is so much more severe and so much more likely to take a mature tree down than crepe myrtle aphid in a mature tree. We've just about stopped using systemics or even attempting to spray for them. We do still advise that you get one of those hose-in sprayers Put in some soapy water and wash the leaves if you've got sooty mold because the tree can't transpire very well and it looks kind of uh without, you know, when, when the leaves are not nice and green. And yes, if the problem is really huge, you are going to want to consider either spraying or treating the tree with a systemic that you pour into the ground around it. But it's interesting to me how the big, big problems, you know, of a few years back in our gardens have given way to bigger, different problems that put the others in some sort of perspective. And I, I like that. I hope I hope it makes sense to you because I really do feel like we're going to see more and more aphids in crepe myrtle trees this summer. I just have that feeling. There's, if the conditions are right and frankly, if they've been over in the sycamores or the oaks, most of those have had their branches knocked off of them. So they're going to have to go somewhere else. And the new growth on crepe myrtles is always very, very attractive to aphids, but particularly to the crepe myrtle aphid, interestingly enough. Oh, somebody sent me a question last night, and I, didn't, I answered them, but I answered it really quickly because I was doing six other things at once. I said, tune in for more, and I'm glad I made myself a note because I'd have forgotten to say something. Can you do both milky spore treatment to control white grubs under your lawn and the, the one that you put out with the, the that's one time? Because milky spore, you remember, is an, an organic, well, it's a natural occurring spore fungus of those white grubs. It takes some time to work. So, yes, we put it on in the spring. We put it on again in the fall. And generally speaking, we achieve control by the next year. That may not be quick enough in some cases. If the moles are there and they're digging through your lawn, what they're trying to eat, of course, are the white grubs. So if that's a big problem for you, I would say use the conventional approach, the one-time approach. But come back again in a little bit and do the Milky Spore and then do it again and you will have a much better long-term control. So the answer to her question was, yes, you can do both. I wouldn't do them at the same moment. But I would do the one, and then I would do the other two. So, yeah, that's a good. That was that was a good idea. I'm getting lots of good ideas from other people today. I noticed that one of my tomatoes has um, a blighted leaf on it. When I was coming out of the house today, I will pick it off, but I've got to watch that one. I have a couple of cherry tomatoes that I've not grown before, and that's always one of my concerns: is that they'll be more subject to the blight in a rainy, humid period. And then, of course, the mulch by now in the big container that it's growing in, Let's face it, the mulch has kind of fallen away by now, too. So I'm probably getting a little washing up off of the soil. Going to have to take a good look at that one and be very, very careful with it. If you see those leaves and they're lower down on your plant, you haven't done anything about that yet, take those off when they when they begin to get yellow or have a couple of little holes in them, not necessarily like a, a, a slug would do that. In that case, you got to find the slug. But um, some kind of shot hole is what that's called. It looks like a little bullet hole, teeny tiny those kinds of things are, are more likely to be signs of blight. And it's, it's really just it's something we have to avoid both by the variety of the tomatoes but also by the kind of care that we set up for them. I have always been a big fan of my, uh, my, my friend Rick Snyder who talks about blight. Uh, he, he's a tomato specialist. He's retired now. He's a world traveler now. (laughs) Hey y'all, I know. I hope they're listening today. Hey, Susan. Um, In warm, moist conditions, though, Rick tells us this is this is going to be a problem, and he has even seen it to be a problem in not only out in the field, but even in hot greenhouses where he does a lot of has done a lot of his work to improve our our greenhouse quality of tomatoes and it is certainly i mean he if anybody has given us better ones it is dr snyder but the early blight that's caused by the alternaria does start as small kind of circular brown spots but quickly i mean if you don't happen to look right now by the time i get back to my house that same leaf that has that spot on it is going to be turning yellow it goes that quickly and you do have to take them off I do take the lower leaves off anyway. This one's about a foot and a half up the plant (laughs) where there are no other leaves. It's the bottom leaf now, but it's up about a foot and a half. You'll see that little bullseye pattern, and you know then that you've got the alternaria. When it's warm and rainy, hello, when it's warm and rainy, the spores germinate. And then, of course, wind and rain help to spread it. So what I have to be careful now about is that it, that it would spread to my other tomatoes. And, yes, they're too crowded. And, yes, they're in the only spot that has the sun that I like for them. <laughs> but, anyway, the uh, it could be. It could be. <laughs> Y'all are funny. I love this text line. I got to tell you, 601-879-4395. It almost makes me want to have another phone line just so people can text me and I can laugh at them. But you know, it wouldn't end up like that after a while. I I do have, I have a couple of things to to bring to you today that I didn't really expect. Uh, One is that we've actually got new carnivorous plants. Who knew? I had no idea it took a team from Ecuador, Germany and the United States. Don't you want to know what language they all spoke in common? Trust me, it's English. Anyway, they've they've they have described now two very distinct species of carnivorous plants. That are absolutely beautiful. They're in the butterwort family. Okay, yeah, wart is another word for the the weed business. You know, we talk about spider wart and all of those these other things. It's just a, a, a term that means green plant. And in this case, this particular bunch is actually the pinguiculas that, that, that they're all part of. There's about 115 of species in this bunch. The leaves have. Th- this is not like your your dramatic carnivorous plants necessarily this is not you know little shop of horrors this is not this is not audrey with the big mouth these are little sticky leaves that trap teeny tiny insects most of them are in the northern hemisphere but recently they discovered a couple of species in the elevated regions of southern ecuador which is actually almost peru in case you don't know the geography of that Carnivorous plants are usually found in really lousy soils and the the catching of the insects the, the the that whole process is determining their survival. All right, it's an adaptation that not everything does, but in their case it gives them the competitive edge over the other plants in that area. Lets them try to survive. For example, the the high Andes are tropical, but it's a whole different kind of tropical than at ground level or in, in at, at the equator itself. So I really love this. The one that I'm crazy about is the new, it's pinguinculia homophilia. I had no idea it was going to rhyme, and it means rain-loving butterwort. The things you can learn... My Latin professors would be so happy that I can even say these things, much less that I know what any of them are supposed to mean. But it's so clever. Um, They've they've now realized that they have a whole lot more of these now that they know what they're looking at. They've found out that they have a great many more of them than they did have. This is neotropical biodiversity, and it won't be the last time you hear that phrase. (laughs) They may have introduced it, but they're going to keep going. Isn't that fascinating, though? I mean,
3: attracting insects to your leaves... Uh, you know, trapping them yeah, and they're, they're, Yeah,
2: they're them. done. They're yeah. done. Well, and, just, and, in fact, <laughs> the plant next to it that can't do that may not survive. Right. Well, that's Because right. there's no nutrient in that rock. Well, and let's hope that well, those little
3: lights that are flying around in the sky are not butterworts because... <laughs> we hope not because yeah, yeah, they'll mean, come get us. They'll get that's us I and mean, you stick to them and you're done. You're but, exactly right. So, and I was reading, uh, you know, one... Um, Is there something like uh, toxicity to plant, you know, with a plant to, like, animals or pets? Sure, sure.
2: Yeah. There's a predatory response there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Probably not
3: a good idea to have those around where cats and dogs would be, but... Probably wouldn't be. If you wanted to grow those, would you want to pot them and put them up, or, I mean, like, what's the... It
2: depends on which ones. One of the new species is actually a a marshy, marshier area than the other, which is much, much drier. So you just have to try to recreate the environment they came from. And I imagine that that's what they'll do in display places. Um, yes, there are places called herbariums where they put these things and let you go see them. It's kind of cool. It's, it's it's like visiting a library when you go to a new town. I like to go to grocery stores. <laughs> you know, what? Do you, what do you like? <laughs> anyway, now look, we're going to go over here. We're going to fix John's boat. And then we're going to talk about everything else that's going on here. This is Weekend Gardening.
5: Don't cry, baby,
10: look at where you've been, everybody knows, you just need a
1: friend, please, 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 go down on your knees and carry on, carry on. Your head is full of doubt, you can't figure it out, carry on.
10: Super Talk welcomes Guns N' Roses to the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi on September 20th. And guess what? we got your chance to go for free. free, free. 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 Win tickets to the concert, a luxurious hotel stay at Rivage Resort and Casino. Plus a stretch limo to get you to and from the show in style. It's Guns N' Roses Live. Live. Complete details on how you can win.
5: Coming soon from Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Do you
0: have heart failure and often hear... Those stomach issues ruined your birthday.
10: You're too tired to play catch, Grandpa. Sweetie, you haven't touched your tools since the carpal tunnel syndrome diagnosis.
9: If these seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, talk to your cardiologist and ask about transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy, or ATTRCM, a rare and underdiagnosed disease that gets worse over time. Learn more at connecttoyourheart.com. That's connecttoyourheart.com, sponsored by Pfizer. Ladies and gentlemen, Mazda of Jackson would like to introduce the all new 2024 Mazda CX90, the car that takes luxury to the next level. Imagine being behind the wheel, feeling the comfort of the premium leather seats, and breathing in the aroma of genuine wood trim. And that's just the beginning. The CX90 has a sleek design that's sure to turn heads wherever you go. The exterior is built to impress with bold lines and an athletic stance. But don't let its sporty exterior fool you. The CX-90 is built for families. With three rows of seats, it comfortably accommodates up to seven passengers. Plus, there's ample cargo space for all your gear. And for those who demand the latest technology, the CX-90 delivers. With a state-of-the-art infotainment system and advanced safety features, you'll always stay connected and safe. The all-new 2024 Mazda CX-90. Luxury, performance, and family-friendly, all in one package. Test drive yours today at Mazda of Jackson.
2: hard to let go of. just want to pick and grin. <laughs> or I, actually, I want to appreciate it. You don't want to even know about my picking and grinning. I tried once to learn banjo. It was a bad situation. <laughs> I am not very gifted. I can play piano a little bit, so I thought, well, I can use both my hands. No, it turns out. I'm limited. Flute's the only one. I'm a <laughs> hacker
3: when it comes to, I mean, I'm nowhere near anything like that. The appreciation is what I'm good at. Exactly. The, the practicing of doing that, I know my limitations, but thank you for choosing. That's one of my favorites. You like that oh, one? I love yeah,
2: that. Yeah, I'm crazy about that myself. It's fun. Ooh, I promised flavonoids today, and I'm trying to get there, but meanwhile... Helen in Hot Coffee, because we don't know who asked this question, wants to know how to get petunias to bloom again. The answer is really easier than you can imagine. Cut them back and fertilize them. And and they're getting plenty of water, but if they're not, give them some water too. Generally speaking, this is one of my very favorite things to use a a set of manual head shears on is a bed or a bucket or a container of impatiens or petunias or any low-growing thing that has started not to look so great. Yeah, after, you know, eight or ten weeks in the container or in the bed, now's the time to cut those back and let them go again. They will come right along. You can do the same thing to Lantana, actually. Um, oh, okay. The 8888088637. Are you going to send that to him? He's having trouble hearing me, I think. That's Wes in Ocean Springs, who is showing us pictures of his entire garden, which I am jealous of. So there you have it. <laughs> Told him that's another reason I need to spend more time in Ocean Springs. That is for true. Beautiful. Now I don't. I, I'm going to give equal time, of course. Check, bully and Biloxi. I almost think you should read this because I'm going to sound like I'm being. Way too nice to myself, Lance. But I'll say it anyway. He took my advice and it worked. Yay! <laughs> well, and it, it looks great. Too Doesn't it look great? It that was, was the maple tree. tree. We talked. Y'all maybe remember this. We talked about it a few weeks ago.
3: Yeah, and it's got some good sprouts. It's beautiful the leaves are coming up. The long branches looks really, really good. It looks good. And uh, and if we compare it to that other picture, there's a lot that of was progress that
2: was there. about six weeks ago. So okay. it's really much, much better. And and I I don't think you, you should never give me all the credit, but I'll I'll take a little bit. I appreciate it very, very much. Yeah, let's get those things to bloom again. That's nice. Fun, fun. So the main thing that I wanted to say about flavonoids is when you are thinking about what it is that you want to grow or what it is you want to eat more of, and the two things are often the same, I always encourage people to recognize that you're not necessarily going to be eating what your friends eat or eating even what your family likes. I don't know anybody that likes kale quite as much as I do. And I'm related to a lot of them, and they don't. Now, I will tell you that it depends on the variety of kale. And I like kale chips. I don't like the ones in the bag at the grocery store. They're too salty. I like mine, okay? So I like kale a whole lot. But that might not be your choice. If you may say, if I have to eat kale, I'm not going to get any flavonoids. Just forget it. Well, let's hear about this. Red cabbage parsley those are things that are very strong tastes but they can certainly be ameliorated if you feel like that's too much parsley is not your thing okay Add a little bit of celery to it, change it a little bit, and you know, work it into some other things. But give yourself the opportunity to eat these things that you know are good for you. We need flavonoids. Flavonoids are those plant-based foods, beverages like tea, even wine has them. And there are a whole bunch of nutrients from the, 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 the phytonutrients have so many benefits. They literally protect your cells from oxidation. So when you're thinking about this, you want to know, why does anybody eat edamame? You know, you go to the restaurant and there's soybeans that have been steamed. Well, that's what that is, and that's a really high flavonoid bean is edamame. Enjoy it. It's good for us, and it tastes good, too, especially in its elemental form. The tomatoes have been wilting one at a time. There's no visible mold or bugs. Paul's in Mobile. He says he knows they're too close. Yes, they are too close. I think they actually are staying too wet and they're too close together. That's what it looks like to me. I would say thin out a little bit and be aware that within just a few weeks from now, we're going—you know—we're in the middle of June. By the middle of July or a little bit longer, you'll be able to plant new ones. But I think that because the other stuff in the bed looks good, I think the tomatoes just got too wet and I think they're—they are too close together. That's not a hard one to fix. You can do that. If there is anything in that raised bed that was not completely composted, that was another thing too. But the other plants in there look good, so I think you're fine. The cold spell killed my fig tree. It is sprouting new growth from the ground. Susan Greenwood. Yeah, the um, th- that's the thing that I, I literally have seen. Mine is now my my one fig branch is now too, so it's even more confusing. But. The, <laughs> The um, the good news is that yes, if you scratch test those other branches and they're dead, cut them off, and that will encourage the rest of it to come on and grow along with you and make you make you a much better situation. It's not a problem. Trust me. Um, I, I I want everybody's fig to grow. So if you have not had a chance to ask that question and it is your question, that's okay with me. I don't care how many people have already asked it. Wes in Ocean Springs, we got the phone number to you, sir. How are you? I am doing good. How have you been? Just great, thank you. Your garden looks beautiful. Well,
11: it's it's coming along, but some stuff is getting beat up with the weather and everything. I mean, my tomatoes is cracking like crazy. I probably be throwing away ninety
2: five percent of them. Oh, I, no. I hate that. Yeah, they will crack though. The the that all that water at it one time. True. Yeah,
11: it is just really working on that. But what I got to talk to you about? I've been. You know, I've sprayed neem oil and stuff in all for years trying to do some natural spraying and everything. Because people, want, the first thing they want to ask is, what are you using on your tomatoes? And I said, you're in South Mississippi, you got to use something. <laughs> you know, everything out there tries to bite it, scratch it, or mess it That's up. true. And uh, so I've got a little bit of caterpillar. It's, a little, it's probably about a one-inch long. I haven't really had no tomato worms this year, but this little sucker here is just spider webbing my leaves.
2: Mm, yeah.
11: And I used a horticultural uh, spray, but uh, it seemed like it just not doing any good at all.
2: No, you need another uh, thing. You, Do you use spinosad? Go, go ahead. Do you use spinosad? It's another uh, it's, a, it's another naturally naturally occurring substance it is an insecticide. I'm going to write it into your where you wrote into me. I'll put the name of it in there so you'll have it. But spinosad is the really better choice for controlling these caterpillars. If we go and get Dipel, which is the traditional natural control it's going to take a week and by that time those caterpillars are going to be three inches long and will have torn up your tomatoes the spinosad acts a little faster and it also Mm -hmm. obviously if you have a kid around that you can pay to pluck all those things off of there i think my children you know my children earned most of their money that way when they were kids but that taking Mm -hmm. them off physically and using spinosad is going to be the answer for this
11: yeah i spent about two days on sitting along on the milk crate, getting all the grass out of my okra but It's really coming to the front.
2: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I was thinking okay. about. I was wondering <laughs> if I'm ever going to have a flat enough garden again to be able to roll around in it. <laughs> I would like to be on a stool, rolling from one end of it to the other. But I have too. My my soil doesn't allow me to do that. Yours is just beautiful. Thank you for showing me the well, pictures. You.
11: you saw that the fig trees. We we our fig trees was totally totally leave out when the last freeze hit and burn them back all mm, the way yeah but i've got at my niece's she's got a whole bunch of shoots that has come up from the bottom of mm-hmm, a couple of mm-hmm. them and so what i was going to do is get me some sphagnum moss and try to do me some cuttings on it like we used to do up at perk at the, at the uh at the greenhouse up there. Yes,
2: absolutely. You're talking about doing an air layer where you put that sphagnum moss around right. the stem and root those things. It's a great way to do that. I love it. It won't take very long either. It'll be Good. about till September and it'll be rooted. Right.
11: That's why. That's what I'm thinking.
2: Mm-hmm.
11: Okay, Mom. Well, look, I retired it back in August, so I'm getting back into it a little bit.
2: That's <laughs> well, that, that's why you have time to talk to me. Thank you so much, Wes. Right. Have a great day. Be careful out there. That's a he's good and good questions. That is true. Now we have we're going to give him the spino sad. Yeah, you did that. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Is it too late to plant more butter beans in Starville? So it's late and early. We will do that again in July for the fall. That's a good question. Sarah's in Winona. Let's see. We're she and I are kale people. <laughs> we're we're kale people. We like kale. Not everybody in her family does either. She's the only one, and maybe it just means we get more. But I I do um I I do like roasted collards, but I really like roasted kale even better. And it it's just crunchy. It's delicious, and I, I'm really happy to hear that that that's one of you the one that you like too. <laughs> it's fun. Oh my goodness, Corinne's and Jackson. Let's see. Oh, that's pretty. Dug them up and put them in a container, make them bloom again, let them go dormant. Okay, the amaryllis bulbs have a couple of tricks to them, Then they're not tricks, they're just the way that they prefer to grow, and that is that they like to take a rest after they bloom. So if you have them in a container, a lot of times what you'll see people have grow them. Say in a greenhouse and they bloom at Christmas time and then the, the, eventually the, the flowers begin to die back. In our own world out here in the summertime, they'll bloom in May and then they'll also die back. If they're in a container, then you literally at either time just lay the container on its side so that it doesn't get a lot more water in it. Let them rest for about a month and then you'll be, you'll notice usually that that, by that point, all the other leaves will have fallen off and there'll be one little green, uh, tinge coming up in the center, and that's at the point where you start watering and fertilizing it again, and of course, stand the pot back up. But that rest is really important. The amaryllis will gather strength and come back and be even stronger than before. All right. Jimmy in Houston. Hey, Jimmy, thank you for calling. What's on your mind today?
11: Well, I got some red pepper trees that are that are overgrown and are getting real tall and just
10: Real
11: heavy, mm-hmm. and uh, they've never been thinned, And I need—I want to thin them out and kind of cut the cut it back so so they'll come out again, but not
2: die. Well, you—how tall are they?
11: Oh, they're real tall. They're thirty foot tall.
2: Okay, I—you can certainly cut them in half in the in one year without doing anything that would kill them. It will make a bushier plant that's about twelve or fifteen feet tall. But yes, you can do that. Yeah. And then in another year, cause we're trying not to kill them. If we were trying to kill them, we would just cut them all down and hope nothing came up. Something would, but we yeah. would, you know, we would hope nothing did, but cut them in half and then come back again next year and whatever has grown out, cut another half off and you'll be able to get them to a, a yeah. size you can control. It's a wonderful opportunity for a wildlife area. And yes, the trees themselves are a mess. <laughs> so I'm, I'm for you.
11: Okay, what what time of the year do I need to do that?
2: I would do it in January because that's when they're dormant, and that will give them the chance to start next okay. spring with a nice full head of new growth on them. Just okay, like crepe myrtles. I got
11: same thing with crepe
2: myrtles. Mm-hmm. Do that in January, too. Just, People that think I'm crazy okay. have to realize that we've seen things get pruned harder than this by mother nature as well as by individuals that intended to do that and these trees are tough they're not going to leave you you just have to manage what comes back up and it will be a lot of it yeah. it's going to be a nice thicket well,
11: These, are, I, that's what i'm going to do is get rid of them because it, it, right now the wind's kind of breaking them around and uh uh, yeah. And off, that, is people, no here, but, uh, yeah, that
2: is no fun. Yeah, that is no fun at all. Yeah. yeah, I would cut yeah. cut them down. There'll be a nice yeah. thicket. All the wildlife will come hide in there when it's raining someplace else. So, <laughs> thank okay. you, Jimmy. Uh, I like it. All right. Well, thank you. Sure. Have a great day. That's a good. That's a good problem to have when you've got enough stuff that you actually need to cut it back, and you can kind of turn it into a thicket, turn it into a wild place. That's great. I'm I'm all for that. Corinne asks about Baptisia. Yes, Baptisia will grow here. False Baptisia grows even better, but yes, it 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 will um, it overwinters. I don't know how big it gets. I would have to look at the particular one, but it should be if the garden center that you refer to is selling it as a perennial, it will be perennial here because I know those people; they know what they're doing. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, that's fun. I I did not know this, but I guess we all should have known it if we had thought about it. The growth rate of tropical trees in particular, but all trees, tropical trees just grow faster, so they're easier to study most of the time. And the frequency of their genetic mutations. You know, we talk about that, that when you see a new plant, something you've never seen before, and you say, well, where did that come from? A lot of times it was a mutation of a plant you already knew, right? So in this case, it turns out that the older trees in the tropics are really collecting more and more mutations. They put out more different things than we ever knew before. I think we need to pay more attention. Some of these old people and old plants got a lot to say. Stevie Wonders here. This is Weekend Gardening.
5: Everybody's got a thing But some don't know how to handle
11: it Always reaching out in vain Just taking
10: the things not worth having But don't you worry about a thing Don't you worry about a thing, mama Call toll-free
4: Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife about doghouse living.
6: Well, it's okay. Our doghouse is a double wide and two stories at that. Wow, an alternative for today's high-priced homes.
2: Really? Try having your feet hang out all winter.
4: Yeah, it's challenging. Folks, stay out of the doghouse by
10: calling 811
5: before you Let's make our goal
7: zero damages, zero injuries.
0: Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now.
4: Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FREE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. You can cash out anytime, right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FREE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code FREE
1: for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. Jack Trailer, the newest X Mark Florence Richland X Mark dealer has an X Mark Zero Turn mower for you, small or whole lot. We have the X Mark for you. Deck cutting options from 42 inches to 144 inches. X Mark riding units start at 38.99, along with financing with approved credit, plus an honors program for first responders, equine program, and special promo prices. Jack Knight Trailer, 124 Walker Circle in Richland. Call 601-664-0224 for all your
6: The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at Fourth and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283.
2: It is an oldie but a goodie did you know that the way the caregiver the mother the father the nanny the grandma the pops the whoever it is the the way that person talks to a baby actually changes the shape of their brain if it's done right well it changes it anyway but we hope in a positive direction in that case my kids should have really big brains. I talk a lot. University of Texas Dallas neurodevelopment researcher has really been working very difficult territory trying to understand the way a child's brain develops is not the easiest thing in the world needless to say. But they <laughs> Here's well here's part of the reason I wanted you to know about this is that there's actually someone willing to study more than 50 infants at a time <laughs> to discover their language processes. What they did was they used eight different universities and clinical sites all over the place. And what they tried to do was to make home recordings that go kind of across that formation of words. And what they found out was that the parents, the caregivers, who talk more to the children get that faster brain development. Yes, they're, they're measuring these things. Now, why do you suppose it is that at the very same time We get the results of a study that tells us that more babies that are male use those talking sounds in the first year than females. Well, I think it's because we talk to male babies more. They're more stoic looking. Have you ever had male babies? (laughs) You know, you say something to them and they don't respond at all. But fortunately, when they start talking, they talk more than the females do in the first year. After that, it sometimes changes, needless to say. Females are believed to have a discernible but very small edge in terms of learning language. But as far as where it starts out, it's actually the boys. Pretty interesting. One of the issues is, I I just, this is another case where they studied so much stuff, I'm in shock that anybody can do this. The, The, that, that early development does not last forever. And by the end of the second year, the girls have caught up and have passed on. But they didn't really mean to be looking at that. What they were trying to figure out was the origins of language and where it comes from? Again, back here, is it from where the, the the caregiver speaks to you? Is it from what the child is looking at? Is it you know just random? What 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 all of it is? But the pattern of the the data that they collected broke down that way. It's really interesting. Biggest sample on language development ever conducted that they're aware of. So all I can say is we got to talk to everybody all the time. My. My own family has more than one example of, and I don't I don't have anything to, I'm I'm I don't have anything bad to say about y'all firstborns, um, but they do tend to get a little bit more attention. As a result, at least in my family. The firstborn stopped talking after she began to talk because all she had to do was point. And there were so many adults around that she was in complete control. You know you've seen this. It's not just my family. <laughs> it happens. And then, of course, the second child comes along and everybody has to talk because I'm the center of attention at that point. But it it is true that the way we address children, whether what tone of voice we're using what pitch, whether we're talking way up here and saying, hey, baby, or whether we're down here and saying, hey, baby. Different children hear different ways, and you have to make sure that you're accommodating for all of that. Here's a good question. I don't know the answer to, but somebody would, would like to know and would probably has an idea. The After all these trees are chopped up, because we have lost a lot of trees in central Mississippi and, trust me, more in other places, Where where can you go to get the wood chips? If you have a suggestion for that, send it to me mama on air at yahoo.com and i will check it out and bring it back to you next week and let you know if there's going to be a place there should be because if, if if nothing else we should know to mark the calendar for a year from now and go take a truckload of the composted whatever it is you know wood chips leaves branches all those things but it does take a little while for all that to happen if you're able to compost it yourself you can probably get somebody to drop a truck off at your house but Send me an email, Mama on Air at yahoo dot com, and I'll be more than happy to help you figure that one out.
3: I'll tell you, it is difficult to find a wood chipper for rent. It's Very difficult, one of difficult. the hardest pieces of machinery to find. It is, and
2: I'm not going to say where I found one because because no, that's our secret. <laughs> that's the secret. But there is one around. Just it's so our you know. secret. The insurance is terrible. People abuse them. That when when you used to hear about the neighbor, the whole neighborhood would buy one. And then there's always this one joker that would mess it up, (laughs) so nobody else wanted to play anymore. That's the sort of thing that we're talking about. It's a hard tool to find.
3: Yeah, and I had an old craftsman, but eventually it kind of crapped out on me. But that thing ran forever with the little Briggs and Stratton in it. You could put anything in it and create a pile. Yep, and
2: those were good. I
3: I don't think they make them that way anymore. No, because they don't really want you to to do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They don't want you to do that anymore. And that's the thing, too, of course, is that, The insurance for somebody to rent it to you is incredibly prohibitive because it is a dangerous piece of equipment. And the measures that they've taken over time to discourage their use is pretty severe, which is unfortunate because I like a good shredder grinder myself. Yeah, the one we had, the one that had I had access to, literally blew apart. I mean, it fed, all of its parts just gave up, so that ended that one. You put some work into it, though. I mean, that's yes. what uh, eventually you know yes. they just it gives up. Yes, it doesn't give up on its own, but you work it to death, it'll stop. <laughs> that's what happens. You know, I heard an expression, and I want to I want to bring it today. I want to tell you that there are, first of all, we understand Father's Day is, is a huge deal. If you haven't figured that out yet, send me an email. I'll send your father a, a, a happy Father's Day, and you can buy him a newsletter subscription, Mama on air at com. That's easy enough. But it's more about you and speaking and being present and having an opportunity to consciously say something to your father, whoever that is, and frankly to the other male influences in your life that have been like fathers to you because it's important. Um, I've said this for quite some time. I really do believe men get a bad rap in this world. I think that because um, we've had, there's a whole lot of things that, that you can compare one thing to another. And sometimes when we compare, we don't necessarily give men the credit that they are due. So I'm saying happy Father's Day. I'll say that for a week. I'll say it forever. But particularly in June, it, it gets an opportunity to do that. I have um, been a fan of E.B. White for a very long time Charlotte's Webb, Stuart Little, but also he's a, a literary guy. Big, big, lots and lots of literary criticism and all kinds of other things. But he was perhaps most famous for his letters. We don't write letters as much as we should. Any more, perhaps, by hand? But I got one this week, and it made me think of E.B. White. I got a delightful letter from someone who had gotten my zinnia seeds. And um, they're from Biloxi, but they also live in the the cool blue north, as we talk about. They took the zinnias to the cool blue north. They're going to grow. We're going to have zinnias all over the country, thanks to this particular effort. I'm really pleased about that. But it made me think about E.B. White's letters and, and the fact that I wish I could get one like this. He was responding to someone who said they had lost hope that there was not uh, nothing to be glad about. We've all felt that way at one time or another. E.B. White said, Dear Mr. Nadeau, as long as there is one upright man, as long as there is one compassionate woman, the contagion may spread and the scene is not desolate. Hope is the thing left to us in a bad time. I shall get up Sunday morning and wind the clock as it is a contribution to order and steadfastness. Hang on to your hat. Hang on to your hope. And wind the clock for tomorrow's another day. And we'll come back here next week for more Weekend Gardening.
10: Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South
5: Communication.
4: of Mississippi. It's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus. A dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries. A $600 yearly allowance for utility bills. A $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care and shared rewards. All access on one easy-to-use card. Plus more Call 855-413-8769, TTY-711, or visit
9: SharedHealthMS.com. Paid Act Portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMO SNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us a call
11: I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the Orchard, I knew it was perfect. The Orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For that extra peace of mind,
10: call the Orchard today for a tour. 601 856 205 or go to OrchardRetirement.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.